Good morning, Hilversum, Thousand Hills. Good to see you today. Um, if you weren't here last week, my name is John. I've just moved here to Hilversum, um, but I'm moving out tomorrow, so I've been here for a week. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, I'm one of the pastors at Celebration Church. I oversee all the international um, relationships and church plants, so, and, and our and get to work a lot with our Zimbabwe church, France church, and also with Pastor Sebastian and your team here. Uh, we love your church. We're so thankful for the week we've had. It's been a great time spending time with your staff. I loved preaching with you last Sunday and getting some Dutch lessons afterwards. It was really a blessing, but it's been a wonderful time. Um, I bring greetings on behalf of Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry, our lead pastors, and it's my privilege to introduce uh, who's going to be speaking today um, in that um, and, and be able to introduce that person. It's going to be a great honor for me. I just want to also say hello from Celebration Church in Paris. Some of your team from here and Zimbabwe and America all went there Friday night and blessed them in a, in a, in a wonderful time together. God was there. God is doing great things in Europe uh, through you, your church family, and our family of churches. And it was so uh, encouraging to meet so many of your families and so many of you last week to see what God's doing in this house so someone else from your family speaking today, his name is Pastor Sam Delodolo. He is from uh, a Celebration Church in Zimbabwe. He oversees the feeding programs that feed 60,000 children every day. You've been involved in that. Uh, thank God for what you're doing. Uh, you know, we did a blessing last week to the kids in Zimbabwe, and they had a fantastic youth camp. Thank you for sponsoring so many of them this past year through your Christmas offerings. So God is so good. Pastor Sam has been part of the team there for over 13 years from the very start. He oversees the feeding programs. He lives eight months out of the year in Wales and spends four months out of the year back in Zim, but he coordinates these programs all year long. He's a valued member of the team. We love Pastor Sam. So I would ask you, if you would, let's stand to our feet and give our best Thousand Hills welcome to Pastor Sam Delodolo. Good morning. Good morning. All right, because you know I'm from Africa, and we are fairly loud. We like noise, you know. <laughs> so good morning. Oh, that, that's like music to my ears. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity um, to come and share God's word. And first, I would like to to honor. Pastor Sebastian, uh, in his absentia, to say thank you so much for this opportunity to come, uh, the invitation to share God's word. And I would like to thank uh, Pastor Stovall and Carrie Wims, and Pastor Dixon and Pastor Chippo, and Pastor John and Noah uh, Stovey for this opportunity to represent our family uh, of Celebration Church in, in, in these special moments of sharing God's word. Uh, my name, of course, is Sam Lodlo. I, uh, family background, uh, family South African, moved to Zimbabwe through my dad's work. Uh, my dad was a, a train engineer. Uh, he did, you know, his signals. He did the actual engine uh, maintenance and that sort of thing. So we moved to Zimbabwe for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons was... Uh, my dad wanted to give us an opportunity to go to decent schools. 
So in Zimbabwe at the time, uh, people of my kind of skin color, uh, it was very difficult in South Africa to go to a decent school. And so he felt like to give his children a little bit of an opportunity, he would move up north and things were a bit more relaxed there. So we were you know, able to access uh, reasonably good schools uh, for us to learn. And so that was his reason for migration, which is a big deal these days, isn't it? There's a lot of talk around migration and people moving. And so even then, people moved when things were a bit more difficult. So we moved into Zimbabwe, and I grew up in Zimbabwe. And a little bit of a history about Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe started off when we gained our independence. It was a great country. You know, things worked we had great infrastructure compared to most countries in Southern Africa. We had uh, great schools, good health systems. And that was in the 80s because the president then had a very good vision around some of these things. And so he, he, he put a lot of you know, resources into, into education. And I'm a beneficiary of that because when I started going to a higher tertiary uh, type studies, we were able to go and learn for free. So uh, I, I did production engineering uh, first, uh, and uh, I did not have to pay for that. I would get grants to actually go to school and learn. And so a, a small generation of our guys had the opportunity to learn from that. And so we, we had a very good, well-educated population in the country. But as time progressed, we started to see a little bit of a shift in the way governance was being done. There was a bit of an authoritarian type, dictatorial tendencies in, in, our, in our leaders. And you started to see them uh, empowering themselves with national resources and uh, enriching their cliques. I like to call them, um, well, I better hold my tongue there. <laughs> but, but, you know, you started to see a little bit of selfishness, if I may describe it that way. Um, and, and, and the deterioration was such that the country was no longer developing. And so in those years, you know, when we grew up, food was not an issue. I ate what I wanted to eat. Uh, you know, you could choose. You know, there was so much available. Zimbabwe was called the, 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 the basket, the food basket of Southern Africa at the time. So everything that was food came out of Zimbabwe. You know, the quality meat, uh, you know, millimil, you know, different things, oils, you name it, was coming out of Zimbabwe because there was such an abundance of food. Five, ten years down the line, Zimbabwe has deteriorated to a place where for someone like me, it's almost unbelievable where I see the country has gone. And there's so much poverty in the country, and yet the evidence of prosperity is still kind of visible. You see it in the infrastructure, you know that this country was not where it is now. It was different. And one of the things that we've noticed is in the midst of all of that, the largest victim of all this would be children. You know, children are the ones that carry 
want a future in a sense that's been stolen, but at the moment, nutritionally, their development is being hampered. So I would like to even call it like a theft. You know, like the enemy is stealing a future from these kids. That's really what it is. Like, like the enemy has, has gone in and is stealing children's future. You know, uh, if you talk to a teenager in Zimbabwe, their immediate thought when they finish school is to leave. They want to leave because they feel like where they are, there is no hope or opportunity that is there. And so what you are doing as a church in assisting these children with something that seems simple, a bowl of porridge, it seems like a very simplistic way to deal with this seemingly humongous problem. But that bowl of porridge, I want to expand it for you to see the impact that it has. So typically, on a Monday morning, we gather the children and we, 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 we provide the meal. So we will cook the porridge. We will call them in after school to come and eat. But as we do that, there is someone like me, Pastor John Enoa, a Pastor Dixon, a Livson, someone who comes and spends time with those children. And it's for us, it's an opportunity to disciple them and show them that they do have a future and they do have a, a hope through Jesus Christ. That when we share the good news of Jesus, we know that the, that the future that they're looking at is beyond their circumstances. That they must know that, you know, God has this ability to override circumstances. And that they can have the, a future that is prescribed for them to an individual level. That that child can be a doctor tomorrow. That that child can be a teacher tomorrow. That that child can be a soldier to protect the nation tomorrow. That that child can be the police. That at the moment are not necessarily our friends. But, <laughs> but the one that comes out of us will be good. It'll be good. Yeah, be a good policeman. So that is the opportunity that we give these children. So when they come to these care centers, they are coming thinking they're just going to get a bowl of porridge. But they get a whole lot more than a bowl of porridge. So I am saying all of this to say, hey, listen, the things that you do, the giving that you give is changing a generation. Bowl of porridge, transforming a nation. Because you see, these kids, when they come out of those care centers, their perception is different. The way they look at life is different. And I'm, in some ways, I'm a product of that. Quick testimony, and then I'll get into the word. When I became saved, I was about eight years old. In my family, no one was, they, no one knew Jesus then. I met a guy in the street who kind of, you know, for Africans, they'll look at my face and they know I look South African, you know, because of the way I look. So, you know, in this part of the world, you can see uh, 
You know, I, I thought he was Jewish, Noah, but, but he, he's Italian. You know, but Jewish somewhere. But, you know, you look at people and you can tell, okay, this one is Dutch or he's from, probably from Holland or from, from England or from... For us Africans, we know each other too. So when, when I meet someone from Nigeria, I can almost tell that. So he kind of liked my face. And he used to call me... My African name is Mandla. Can you all say Mandla? Yeah, for the Dutch, it should be easy. Yeah, right? So he would call me Mandela, right? Because he thought I had a Mandela look, you know, about me. So he, but he would stop me and have a chat with me. And then he shared the good news of Jesus Christ when I was quite young. And, and that became a turn around point for me. But you know what? The one that actually then made me walk the walk of faith was a missionary from Canada called Murray Cornelius. Murray Cornelius committed himself that every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, he would get permission from my mother that I would come and be in their house for that weekend. And what would happen in that weekend is he would drum in faith into me. He would teach me the principles and the, and, 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 and the, 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 the word of God. And so what I would become overall is bits and pieces of God putting in a word, putting in somebody to influence me towards understanding who Jesus is and to live for him. And what we are doing when we do the, these feeding care places is creating that opportunity. I mean, obviously, I can't take 60,000 kids into my home. I would have to build something really amazingly humongous. But the opportunity is to walk into their lives and change them from where they live. And so... This is a way of just letting you know that the work that you're doing and the, the work that you're assisting us with is really, really, really important because you are changing a generation. Amen. And thank you very much from Zimbabwe. Thank you so much. Uh, and so I, I feel I have a message that God has given for, for you. Um, and um, I pray that it, it, it's, a, it's a relevant message. And it's a message that will bring uh, some form of transformation in your life, some form of encouragement in your life, uh, helping you to move forward from where you are in terms of your faith. Amen. God is good. So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. And we pray that, Lord, your word will be anointed, relevant, and powerful, and transformational. And that we pray, oh God, that hearts will be open to your word. And that, Lord, the, the, the word will sit in and bring that which you want to bring out of us. In the name of Jesus, we want to pray. Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we will read from verse 3 up to about 7. And then we'll go to verse 11 and we'll go all the way to verse 22. So let's read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, whereby nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised, raised us up with him and seated us 
with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 11. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who, are once, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So that you, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are, you are fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. Build on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. That's the word of God. So, looking at these scriptures, I, I, I was trying to understand, first of all, where we are and where we need to end up being. We, we come to the Lord and we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and, and the journey begins there. For some, the journey settles there. Right? For some, they have found their, <laughs> they have found their, their kingdom, their place to settle, their place to enjoy. Because, hey, I've got Jesus. It's good. But no, when you receive Christ, there is a journey that we are supposed to make. There is a movement that we are supposed to make based on the grace that we would have received from Jesus. And I say that grace is not something soft. Grace is not, because, you know, grace. Oh, she was gracefully dancing, which is really good. But, but, but you know what? We've got to bring this to context. Grace is not soft. Grace is an, an advancement. Grace is, in, you, you take up space when you've got grace. Grace speaks of power. Power. When you talk of God's grace, you're not talking of something that is soft. You are talking of something that is power. Dunamis. Extreme power. And you cannot have that kind of power and you don't move. Otherwise, you will explode yourself. You will disseminate. You, you know what I mean? So if you carry that kind of power, you have to move. 
You have to shift. And, and for some of us, we've been seated for too long. And we've been settled for too long. And God is saying it's time for you to what? To move. You've enjoyed uh, the campsite, the tent. The, 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 but it's time to move. Get out of Egypt and go to that promised land. Go and create for me a nation after my own. That's what God is saying to you. He's saying it's time you move. It's, it's enough. You've settled enough. So grace to me is, is power. So when we receive Christ, we receive power. We receive God's grace. And I know, you know, in the context of what we've heard over time, is we hear that grace is this ability to overlook sin uh, and to know that I've been saved. You know, and that my sins are, yes, your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. But there is more to that. And so grace gives you the tools to be able to live in this space that Jesus lived in for those few years. Jesus lived for 33 years on earth. He did not sin. Correct? Is that a true analysis of who he was? He lived in the same bodies that we live in. He, he ate the same food that we eat. He interacted with people the same way, but he did not sin. Now, some people say, no, but he was God's son. No, God's son who was now living in the weaknesses that our bodies represent. But what Jesus came with was the knowledge that he had grace in him. And that grace has the ability to, you know, when he talks about circumcision, you know, and the cutting off of, because, you know, we all say this, that, you know, I feel like there's two men in me. There's the, the, the flesh and there's the spirit. So when you do that little clipping, what it literally says is, you know, listen, this flesh is done. Now I am this one man that is spirit. Now, when you become this one man that is spirit, what, what really governs or what really directs the DNA that would have been created at the time, it, it can't be that it's connected to that other man that does not exist. So, when we are in this new man, we have the power through God and the Holy Spirit to live lives that are sin-free. Now, it's not your ability or your doing. It's the ability to live on a daily basis in this grace. Now, if you are connected to the Father on a daily basis, you get signals, correct? So, I'll give an example. I'm interacting with Pastor John, and then, you know, something gets into my head that is not of God. And, and I'm trying to simplify it. So, the Holy Spirit's presence we say, Sammy, no, 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 no. What are you about to say? Mm -mm, mm -mm. It's not edifying. <sighs> right? So imagine just that example, living it every day. 33 years down the line, you could be like Jesus. Correct? 33 years down the line, you could be that one that actually did not sin when they met Jesus. Now, the reason why we have to put such an effort to being more like Jesus, is then the, the very same thing that gives us access to this power, this creating power. 
Because you see, God, why I love him so much, is he, he, he loves to use communities to create. He creates in communities. What does that mean? Is, you know, when God is doing something, he wants all of us to be involved, to be part of it. So when he's building this kingdom, he will use God's house, you and me, to build God's kingdom. We all participate. We come. We, we work with God's agenda and we build the kingdom. Correct? That's how he loves to bring you into what he's doing, to create with him. To create with Because listen, I mean, the truth of the matter is he could have just done this. Because he was doing that anyway before. He would say, let there be this, and it would show up. And he would say, let there be this, and it would show up. Right? So he could have done that with all of this that we are doing. But God believes in community. And look at the community we have. It, it cuts across continents. <laughs> it's because of that grace that I'm here speaking to you. If it weren't for that grace, you would never know a person like me. Or I would never know you. Correct? But that grace has brought me here. It's part of this big family that God is putting together. And so we do not receive our salvation to, to selfishly feed on it. If I can put it across that way. We receive our salvation to be empowered to be empowered to do the Great Commission. The Great Commission is an opportunity. Your neighbor, your friend, your child's friend, your everybody must get some sort of impact from you when you are carrying that kind of grace. And so God begins to expand his kingdom from very simple gatherings, from very simple bri. Do you call it a bri here? You know, what do you call it? You know, like... Uh, yeah, that, you know. So you, we, we begin to interact, you know, you, you do child care for someone, but hey, there is an opportunity to say, hey, Jesus loves you. And what is happening with God's kingdom? It's growing. It's growing. It's, so every day we have an opportunity to let this power come out of us and be experienced by someone. This grace that we carry is very powerful, so powerful that when you apply it against destructive habits, we are saved. We can apply this against difficult marriages, and they are saved. We can apply it against shattered relationships, and they are restored. We can apply it against poverty when it comes from where I come from. Oh boy, and, and, and things can change. This grace can be applied to depression, and you can be changed and saved. This grace can be applied to anger and fear, and you can be saved from that. This grace can be applied to addictions, and you can be saved from that. This is the grace I'm talking about, and this is what you carry. So that's the very reason why you can't be selfish about it. You can't keep it in. You've got to let it out and let every single person that comes into contact with you experience this power. And it will transform them. It will change them. It will put them in a place of hope. You carry that power. You carry that power. And so it can't be soft. It can't be soft. Listen, the enemy is aggressive. The one whom we are pushing against is not going to be soft about it. Sorry for the volume, because I'm trying to emphasize something. 
You know what I'm saying? No, he's not going to be nice. He's not going to be nice. But we, we have to realize we carry something that's a lot more powerful and more potent than what he is carrying. So potent that it can change lives. It can transform lives. Where there is hopelessness, there is hope in Jesus. There is hope. Hey, come on. In Jesus. Praise the Lord. I have a minute. Ah, God is good. Hey, could you stand on your feet? I, I want the musicians to come. God is so good. God is so good. I want you to know that this grace that we carry empowers you to do the impossible. It empowers you to do the impossible. You need to apply it. And you apply it by faith. It's by faith. Great, great benefits of faith, of grace. Praise the Lord. Now, a thousand hills, I know this for a fact. That God has a purpose and a plan for this church. Oh, come on. He does have a purpose and a plan for this church. <laughs> you know, play my sister. Play that, uh, that, yeah, keep going. You know, you know, yeah, I, yeah that's really anointed right there. Oh, man. So, so God has a plan and a purpose for this church. And listen, you better believe it. It's, it's now a time to put our hands on the plow and never look back. You hear me? It's time to put our hands on that plow and never move, look back and begin to prepare the ground for the Lord. Because you see, we know from the word of God that the harvest is ready. It's ready. Only all you've got to do is just start put the effort. It's just one movement and start harvesting for the Lord. Amen. Come on church. Do you believe it? It's time to harvest. You are the church. <laughs> At this very moment that can bring a change into this nation. That can bring the very revival that God is looking to have in Holland. Remember, I'm not saying this city only. Holland. This fire that we feel, I feel it. I don't know about you, but I feel it. I feel God is ready to do something special. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because it's time. Time to move. It's time to move. So if you close your eyes and raise your hands, I know that when we gather like this, it's an opportunity as well for some that do not know the Lord to commit their lives to Jesus. If all of these things that we are talking about, they, may, they touch your heart, but you're not making good sense of it. But God, God wants to connect with you. God wants to draw you in. God wants to bring you into his family. And, and if you are here and you do not know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. 
And I want, even as I pray, the church can pray with me. You can also pray the same prayer. So that you can begin a journey, an amazing journey that all of us have taken and enjoyed. That it can be your journey too. If we can pray. You say this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you brought me here for a purpose and a reason. I was lost, but now I'm found. I did not know you, but I have an opportunity to know you. I thank you, Jesus, that today is a special day. Today is a day that I commit myself to this Savior that died for me. Father, I lay my life at your feet. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and take residence in my heart and live in my heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for making me your child. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, for the blood of your Son that sets us free. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, the presence of God is here. And I'm one who loves to take advantage of the presence of God. I will not leave until I get that which God wants me to get today. And I believe that there's some people here that need a touch of God. You've got something going on in your life and you want Jesus to touch that part of your life. If you need prayer today, I would like to ask you to come. Come to the front and our, prayer, uh, our ministry teams will come and help us and we'll be able to pray for you. If you've got something that you just want God to move in your life, His grace is sufficient for you. So if you, if you want to come, you're free to come to the front here and to our usual places of prayer around the cross. Uh, uh, please do so. Whilst we are, we, are, we are enjoying a moment of worship, take, come, come, because God's presence is here. God is here. God is here. And if you need prayer, if you need a miracle, if you need something from this amazing God, come and we will be able to pray with you. And God will do something supernatural in your life. God will do something really special in your life. In the name of Jesus. This is where you get your redemption. This is where you get your miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy, Jesus. Are you worthy? Lord? I need you. 
Word. 